look, you are investing in your future. Yes, mm -hmm. right now, you may not see the, like, the rewards from day one, mm -hmm. but I promise you, year one, year five, year 10, you're going to start to see this grow. Mm -hmm. And you know, that is, is one of the biggest things. And so getting past that initial mindset of putting in time for money is one of the biggest things. You're listening to Investing for Good, a show that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are investing to build a legacy for their families, create a meaningful and intentional life by design, and impact the world around them. And now, here are your hosts, Annie Dickerson and Julie Lamb. Hey, everyone. Annie Dickerson here together with my fabulous co-host, Julie Lamb. Julie, how are you today? I'm doing excellent, Annie. How are you? Great. Is the sun shining over there in Sacramento? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Looking out the window right now and uh, in my makeshift podcast recording studio. And uh, yeah, sun is shining, blue skies, not a cloud, not a cloud I can see. So yeah. Uh, that's How about so you? Nice. The other day we went to um, Lake Trillium, which is um, near Mount Hood, near where we're staying. Uh -huh. And it's like all these people, you know, packed into the parking lot. And you finally carry your stuff and you walk down the path. And there's this moment where the trees clear and you look out at the lake. And it's just this beautiful lake, serene lake. And then boom, there's Mount Hood, like uh -huh. right there. Uh -huh. And it was just this gorgeous view and it just reminded yeah. me like this is why we do what we do to be able to experience things like this yeah. with our families and I know mm -hmm. you guys have been doing tons of stuff with the trampoline and the ducks and the horses mm -hmm. and the basketball I saw the yeah. photo of you shooting hoop this is what life's all about it is indeed it is indeed and you know one of the things that um, we have not done yet that I want to do is do a road trip you guys always do road trips and we we never do road trips because I'm not that brave frankly <laughs> oh, I thought of a brill okay I, I gotta tell you this hack yeah. We're all, okay. all about all strategies right. and tips and yeah. hacks, right? Yeah. There's a life hack that okay. I um, discovered kind of by accident. And mm -hmm. you may already be doing this with three kids. But you know how like when you're on a road trip and you pack the snacks, right? Uh -huh. So you got like a tote bag of snacks in the back seat, and you got like the popcorn and the juice boxes uh -huh. and whatnot. And then it's like every 10 seconds, a kid is like, I'm hungry. I want something uh -huh. to eat, right? And so you uh -huh. have to turn back, you reach back, uh -huh. you dig through the bag, and you find <laughs> something. And then by the time you give it to the one kid, and the other one's like, "Well, I want one too, and I don't want uh -huh. that one. I want uh -huh. something else, right?" And so the whole time you're spent like digging through stuff, trying to find snacks. And so yeah. this time I was like, "I am <laughs> not doing that. This is a long road trip. I am not uh -huh. doing that." So what I did was I um, had separate Ziploc bags, the gallon Ziploc bags. Uh -huh. Write their names on each one. And uh -huh. I just put like one of each snack inside uh -huh. each one. And I uh -huh. gave it to them. I'm like, you can eat these whenever you want. <laughs> Do not bother me. You each are getting the same exact snacks. You get to decide when you run out. That's it. No more snacks. <laughs> And it was great. Oh, it was such a peaceful gosh. road trip. No whining yeah. about snacks, at least. It was great. <laughs> oh, man, that's a good one. Yeah, no, I definitely don't do that. I I come in with bags of stuff, and then I have, like, little plastic Ikea bowls that I bring in so that everybody can easily, like, pick mm. out. But, no, I still divvy. I need to have control because, you know, that's <laughs> how I am. <laughs> oh, that's a great so idea. I'll have to do that one next time. Yeah, That's so funny. Well, I definitely want to get into today's yes. conversation. This is such a good one um, with our good friend, Peter Kim. 
him. He's yeah. the founder of Passive Income MD. And I love, mm -hmm. love, love his story, how he mm -hmm. just, you know, he, he wasn't a, a real estate investing expert. He really just set out out of curiosity. He noticed mm -hmm. something wasn't quite right with his career progression and how he thought things were in his life. Speaking of the control issue, mm -hmm. he talks about that. Mm -hmm. And instead of just sitting back and, and just continuing forward, he said, wait a second, you know, what are all these other people doing that I don't know about? And he started down this path and it's blossomed into this incredible brand with a huge following. And he's been mm -hmm. able to help tons of physicians to build passive income mm -hmm. and to get more joy out of their work and out of their lives. Yeah. And if there's one thing that I enjoyed the most out of listening to his story was listening and hearing about the reason why he does this. And there's a part in the episode where we talk about that that and uh, where he touches on you know how and why he's helping physicians and how passive income can help them um, you know live a fuller uh, life that allows them to be a better physician and it is in so much in alignment with what we do at uh, Good Egg Investments and on our show Investing for Good everything that we always talk about and why we're investing and why we're trying to help others and so um, it was just such a great inspiring episode for sure. Here it is our conversation with Peter Kim. Hey, Peter. Welcome to the show. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. So excited to be here. It's been a long time that I've been waiting to you know, really talk to you guys, <laughs> and I can't believe we made it happen. This is awesome. Yes. Yes. Indeed. We've known you for years now, and we've run into you at multiple conferences, and we're continually impressed by all that you are doing. You are totally on fire, and we're going to dive into all of that today. Now, Peter, in addition to being a successful real estate investor and creator of Passive Income MD, you are also an anesthesiologist. It's not a hard, easy word to say, an anesthesiologist. I am no physician myself, but from what I've heard, anesthesiologists make a fairly good living, but I know that it can also depend on the hours that you're given and that you're able to work, which is something that I know had an impact on your journey. So, Tell us, you know, you're working as an anesthesiologist, you're making pretty good living. What made you turn to real estate and what prompted you to invest in the first place? Yeah, I'm going to go back even a little bit back before that. I mean, for, for all my life uh, that I can remember, I wanted to be a doctor and that was like my, you know, main goal in life. And that was my main purpose. And everything I did was focus on hitting that goal, get into med school, get into train the right training, get into the right specialty, and then become what they call an attending or you know get your first job as a real doctor, and then your life is totally set. And so everything was working towards that point. And it worked out, you know, I got my dream job. I wanted to be an OB anesthesiologist. So I work with a lot with laboring women in that situation. You see babies all day. It's just, it's awesome. And that's what I wanted. And I got a job right here in Los Angeles. And I thought my life was like totally set. And I was like, okay, the rest of my life is going to be amazing. But the funny thing is a couple of things happened like a couple of years into it uh, that were kind of like out of my control. So a couple of things happened politically at work where my shifts got cut and that really meant my income was cut. And I remember that just threw me for a loop. I remember thinking at that point, wait a minute. I mean, I'm not in control here. I, I thought I was in control of my life. I thought I had this path set out. You know, I did everything. I worked so hard. I got to this point and everything was gonna be great from moving on forward. But it turned out that, you know, someone else was in control of my actual life is what I actually felt, you know, felt like. And I remember I felt pretty powerless and I was really upset about it. 
kept complaining to my wife. I couldn't sleep for a couple nights straight. And I sat there going, this is not how it was supposed to be. And I mean, I love my job. I love what I do. But, you know, I was really supposed to be able to create the ideal life that I wanted because of this. And after a couple of days, I sat there and I said, this is not really productive. So I need to figure this out. And I remember thinking, somebody's, you know, I'm not unique. Someone else must have been in this situation before. So I just have to find somebody who has figured it out, is a physician, has created some other ideal life, way of creating an ideal life. And I just need to talk to them, figure out what they've done. So I started doing that all around the hospital. I started looking, the cool thing as an anesthesiologist, you get to talk to a lot of different people, different surgeries, different surgeons, different specialists, and that sort of thing. And I'm all over the place. So I started just asking people who seem to have like, you know, the life pretty well put together. You know, they were sitting there talking about the, you know, the vacation that they went on with their family or, you know, they're <laughs> like happy to be at work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're just happy to be there. And so I just... I started asking as many as I could. I said, what are you doing that allows you to mm -hmm. live the life that you're living? <laughs> and I asked enough people and then I just started noticing a pattern. And I don't think it took anybody smart to do that, but it just turned out that a lot of them were doing things outside of medicine to create income. And that allowed them to really create the life in medicine that they wanted. And that was like a totally different concept for me. Like it kind of blew my mind. I had no idea... Like, I didn't even thought about that. Yeah. And, you were like, medicine is the yeah. be all end all. It was what you had worked for your whole life. So it exactly. should have provided everything. Yeah, that's what I thought it'd be. And that's probably how you guys felt as well, you know, mm -hmm. for your, you know, your careers. And so then I started asking him even deeper. I said, well, what exactly are you doing? I mean, I know you're creating all the income, but what are you doing? And it just turned out that the majority of them were investing in real estate. And that's was like, you know, it's a light bulb moment at that point. I said, I don't know anything about it. That's not something I grew up in. My father was a physician. He just worked hard as a physician and grinded his whole life. And so I said, okay, I've got to find out more about it. And that kind of what is what started that whole journey for me. That I love that you, you know, you saw that something wasn't quite working, but instead of just pushing forward and just continuing and saying, well, you know, I'm going to work harder or I'm going to try to get more hours. I'm going to get, you know, you took the time to really talk to people and sort of figure that out. Another thing I really, I have to say this because I think it's hilarious, but in your journey, you said you worked so hard, you became an OB anesthesiologist. At first I said, an OB anesthesiologist, what is that? And then you said you get to work with women and laboring women and babies. And I just thought that it, it must be great being the person that all of these screaming women are screaming for. <laughs> Get me the anesthesiologist right now. Get him in here. Yeah, it's not something that like I actually expected to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think like going into medicine, that's what I wanted to do. But it, everyone has to do rotations through different things. And most of the times, you're just trying to get to your rotations. You're trying to get to the end of your shift and just survive. But for some reason, like when I did my OB rotation, at the end of each shift, I was like, you know, that was really awesome. I mean, I got to help people in a way that, you know, I relieved their pain. And then I got to see babies. And like, I got to be at this like, this like special moment of their lives and people remember, they remember that oh, yeah. I was there because like, oh, yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> you know? and, and it's like, you know, it's one of the, like if you, people think of like the, you know, top three or four moments in their lives, like having their baby is one of them. And so yeah. I get to be there and I'm around balloons and cupcakes and, 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 and in terms of the hospital, really that's the, I mean, I would really say that's the only place time people want to be in the hospital. Like mm -hmm. it, it's when they go to have their baby. And yeah. I get to be there during that moment, during a really critical time. 
And it's just really fulfilling. And so when I found that, I said, look, that, that's really where I want to focus most of my energy and effort. And so still to this day, I, I, st I still work as an OB anesthesiologist. Mm -hmm. I mean, I still mm -hmm. love doing it. You have now become one of those physicians that is happy at work, that's talking about vacations. Right. And those yeah. other physicians are probably like, hey, what's, what's Peter doing over there? He seems pretty happy with every, his life and everything. So, okay, so, so take us back. So you're talking to all these doctors, you sort of figure out this pattern, like a lot of them are investing in real estate. So then what, what did you do next? Did you just run out and buy a property? Did you read a bunch of books? What did you do next? Yeah, so I asked for recommendations on books, but what I actually, the first thing I did is, I'd say five of the physicians that I talked to, I said, hey, do you mind if we put together a group, like a group, a small group of people to get together who'd want to talk about real estate? I know some of you have, they all had a somewhat of an experience. You know, some of them were earlier on in their journeys, some were a little further along, but I was like, do you mind us getting it together? Like on a Saturday night, you know, I said, I'll pick the place and this kind of thing. I'll set it all up and then we can just talk about it. And so that's what we started doing. I got together, it actually just happened to be five dual physician couples. It just happened to be. So really there were 10 doctors that got together. Oh uh, it was five couples, but they're all dual physician couples. And we got together in someone's house and we just talked about it. We talked about what we were learning in real estate at that point. I started reading to try to catch up to people. And it turns out that like this community is what kind of got me going. It really motivated me. And it, it pushed me to, to learn more because I didn't want to come across to them. Like I didn't know anything. You know, I wanted to contribute as well. And mm -hmm. so we started meeting like once a month. And that's really what got this whole journey started was just getting that community together. Yeah, was that the start of Passive Income MD? Uh, no, it wasn't officially the start. I mean, but what happened is that I started, you know, once I started learning there, I started telling all my friends and colleagues about it. I was mm -hmm. like, you guys have to, you guys have to try, like, learn this. Like, there are people like, you know, because I sit there on Monday morning, there's a doctor's lounge and you heard of it. There's a doctor's lounge. Our doctor's lounge has coffee, bagels, and we get to go in there and you just hear people like, uh, you know, sometimes, I mean, um, stuff you don't necessarily want to hear. I mean, there's people that obviously are excited to be there, but for some people, you can tell it's a, it's a rough start in the morning. Mm -hmm. And so they'd say, hey, you know, oh man, this has been this or that. And I said, hey, did you know this doctor's like, he's investing in real estate. He's doing these kind of things and he, he's doing this kind of stuff. And I started talking about it. They were asking me what I knew. And, you know, at this point I had already started investing. We could talk about that. And I started telling so many people about it just mm -hmm. to kind of, I don't know. I, I like, like when I find a nice restaurant or something like that, I love telling mm -hmm. all my friends about it. You mm -hmm. got to check this place out. Mm -hmm. Here's a great service. Here's this. So, Eventually, they were like, hey, I, I don't have time to talk about all this stuff right now. But, I, I, but they're like, I want to ask you so many questions. And I was like, I found myself saying the same thing over and over again to people. Mm -hmm. So they were like, hey, do you mind writing it down on a blog or doing something? You should start a blog. Maybe people yeah. told you that. You should start a blog. And I'm like, I, I don't write. I don't write. I don't do any of that. But eventually, somehow, I forced myself to you know, type something up, and, and I just launched it out to the world. And that became Passive Income MD. Wow, that is crazy. And yes, I totally understand your passion and where that's coming from. That's exactly how I got started too. I discovered this crazy thing, wasn't super happy, realized I wasn't in control at work and just went out there and tried to tell every single mother who would listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> and it got to the point where people were telling me the same thing, like, this sounds all great, Julie, but good luck with that. And, yeah. you know, put me on an email list and let me know, right? And that's like what, where it was. And I was just so 
it, there was just something inside of me that wanted to share, almost like pay it forward. It was like, I, and, and people were just so like, where is this coming from? You know, because it just came like out of nowhere. And I was like, no, you, you really have to look into this. Let me just share with you. Like my top pain point at the time was like thinking about college savings. And so I wrote this one blog post about that. That one blog post, I can't even tell you. I'm sure you have like that one or two blog posts that were like really popular on Passive Income MD. Um, but that was like one for me. Um, so I'm curious, after talking with so many people, what are like the top three pain points that docs are dealing with when it comes to generating wealth and generating passive income and you know balancing work life and all of that? What are kind of like those top three things that they're always trying to deal with? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is that physicians are so used to putting in time, you know, to get to get their income, and that's mm -hmm. just like it's hard for them to break free right. of that and to even think that there's something outside of that. And yeah. especially physicians make a lot of income. I mean, it's well known. They make good incomes. So for them to say, hey, if I needed X number extra income, for them, it's easier. Like the path of least resistance is to say, hey, I'll just work another shift or yeah. do this. And so the problem is they kind of get into that cycle and then that, that wheel starts and they're, they're really hard. It's a challenge for them to break outside of that. Because let's be honest, when you first start investing in real estate, it's not like it all, it's not a get rich quick thing. It's not like right. you invest in real estate and all of a sudden your income's like, you know, replaced. And it's easier to just work more. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's one of the biggest challenges that I work with physicians on in terms of that mindset to say, look, you are investing in your future. Yes, mm -hmm. right now, you may not see the, like, the rewards from day one, mm -hmm. but I promise you, year one, year five, year 10, you're going to start to see this grow. Mm -hmm. And you know, that is, is one of the biggest things. And so getting past that initial mindset of putting in time for money is one of the biggest things, right? Um, the other thing is physicians always feel that when I talk to them, I say, why are you not investing? One of, one of the things is they just feel they don't have the knowledge. And I think mm -hmm. that being such an expert in, in one thing, um, and they're so yeah. used to being like, you know, how many years have we spent learning about this whole subject or whatever their specialty is? And they spent years and hours and thousands and thousands of hours and then they feel comfortable with actually putting it out to the world and treating people and doing these type of things. But when it comes to trying something different, like mm -hmm. it, it feels uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And physicians are definitely a little bit more risk averse because we're always weighing benefit, the risk benefit ratio when we do stuff, mm -hmm. you know, because we're treating, we're dealing with life and death most of the time. Right? right. And so when it comes to investing in real estate, a lot of times we have the same mentality. And so we're afraid to take risks. You know, even though the benefits are there is because we're, we're just, we don't, we don't have all the information, especially mm -hmm. in the beginning. And yeah. so I think a lot of physicians have a hard time getting over that initially. And so it keeps them actually from taking any steps, unfortunately. So, you know, that's something that obviously I try to address in the blog and podcasts and courses and things like that. That's another big challenge. And then the other thing is, it's just time. They feel like physicians just feel like, hey, I'm, I'm working so much. Uh, I'm working 60, 70, 80 hours. Like I don't have time to learn about all these things. And yeah. you know, it's funny because like the physicians aren't unique. I mean, they, they're working and then they have family lives, but everyone else, uh, like, you know, you're in business, you have, you're trying to juggle your family lives. They're like everyone else is busy too. And everyone has the same amount of time. Mm -hmm. But I think in particular, a lot of times when you're spending that much time at the hospital, physicians feel like I don't have the time to learn this stuff. And so like, mm -hmm. I would rather just, you know, just invest in the stock market where I don't have to think about it. I just do right. what my financial advisor tells me. And I, you know, I couldn't possibly learn how to do this. I don't have the time to do that. 
And so those are things that I'm always working through and working with physicians to try to work past those. Well, I mean, some people call them limiting beliefs or whether those are fears or things like that, that I've seen, you know, so many physicians overcome, but for a lot of them, you know, they have a hard time really getting past that. And so how many out of all of the people that you work with, how many of them do you actually like get over the hump and they're like, you know, finding success and making moves and like doing it, doing it. I think it's important for people out there who, who are physicians who are thinking about this. They may think, well, that's just not for me, right? It's like, that, that's just not my thing. So how many of the folks that you work with, do you feel like you're able to like get them over the hump and get them past these pain points, which are, I think, very real, very real pain points. I mean, for people, not just physicians, but even outside of people who are physicians, people just, it's easier, like you said, to just work more, right? So how many people do you feel like, like a majority of them, half of them? Like, what is the, I'm curious what the percentage is. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I only hear, usually when I ask for people, I hear success stories, which is great. Mm -hmm. I asked for like, what have you done? You know, whether I'm looking for testimonials or whether I'm just like putting it out in our Facebook group. I have a Facebook group of about 11,000 people that just talk about this kind of stuff all the time. And, you know, I I take polls and Uh I take these kind of things and how many people have, you know, taken action in the past year or doing, done these kind of things, but it's definitely been in the hundreds, especially Uh just this past, even just this past year. Uh, I've seen hundreds of physicians take first step. You know, actually one of the recent blog posts I wrote, I think it's gonna be launched today, actually. Like people ask me all the time, like, what is the best first step? You know, uh-huh, and everyone's uh-huh. like, everyone's focused on that. They probably ask you that all the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I tell people there's no one perfect best step. I mean, the yeah. key is that you just take action, you know, mm-hmm. whatever that might be, whether it's, like I said, I just grabbed a few other physicians to talk to you about it. And that's an awesome right. first step, whether yeah. it's pick up a book, whether it's listen mm-hmm. to your podcast, mm-hmm. you know, take one of your mm-hmm. courses or something like mm-hmm. that. Like these are yeah. all great first steps. Um, but there are physicians, especially in the time of today, where I think if anyone, like if, if we had a hard time before in terms of feeling like, you know, we're part of a bigger machine or system and physicians are kind of getting in and getting chewed, chewed up and kind of tossed around a little bit and we're not in control, COVID has really actually really accentuated that for us and has really made that extremely kind of obvious to physicians if it wasn't obvious before that we need to figure something else out. We need to have, we need to diversify our income streams. We need to take control back of our lives. And so that I think more than ever, physicians are getting out there and, you know, they're trying some stuff different. And so um, it seems like everyone, every physician I talk to these days, almost everyone says to me, I need something on the side. I need a side Mm -hmm. hustle. I need a side gig. I need other sources of income. I need passive income. So it's really been, even in the past three, four years since I've had this blog, I feel like the mentality has changed. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's just a new generation of physician. It's what's happening in the landscape today in medicine, especially with today again in COVID. But 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 but, but things are changing. Yeah. From the physicians that you're talking to, are the majority of them when they get into real estate, are they looking to create income so they can retire? Are they looking for income so that they can work less? What exactly is the the ideal outcome that they're aiming for? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that I've been. It's funny because I've. When I put it out there for some people in terms of these blog posts and things like that, I've had some physicians actually write back to me and say, hey, like, what are you trying to do? Like drive all the physicians out of practice? And I said, no, that's actually completely the opposite of what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to keep people in medicine, meaning that right now it's kind of a sad statistic, but they say that about at least 50% of physicians on a daily basis are experiencing some sort of burnout symptom, you know, burnout. Mm -hmm. And many physicians are unfortunately leaving practice uh, early, you know, mm-hmm. to pursue other things just because of, of the system. And there's just so many reasons for it, multifactorial, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But 
I believe that one of the, I guess, I won't say the cure, but one of the ways to combat burnout and physician burnout is to relieve a lot of that financial burden. If finances weren't part of the picture, I would say that physicians, yes, I think there's a financial component of being a physician, that you wanted to live a comfortable life. You want mm-hmm. to be able to support your family and do all these type of things. But at the core, it's just the amount of time, energy, and effort it takes to get here. Like if you're if your why or your motivation is purely money, I, I don't think you can really get through it. If that's really the yeah. only reason why, because there are so many other ways to make money right. and, and make more money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that a big component of it has to be that you want to serve and yep. you want to be a healer and you want yep. that satisfaction and fulfillment of helping people. And I think at the core, every physician has that. And something sometimes in a lot of people just shifts. And I think a lot of it has to do with pressures and a lot of it has to do with financial pressures. And so I believe that when physicians are actually put in the position where they have that financial freedom, that a lot of them tend to continue on as physicians mm-hmm. and they do it and they do it well yep. because they want to do it. And, you know, it's pure, you know, a yeah. lot more pure, I'd say yep. in terms of their intentions. And that's what I tend to see in the physicians that, like I said, when I would see those physicians walking around, they're like happy to be there, like walking around like, Hey, this is great. <laughs> like there's, there's no, there's no doubt that that translates to their patients and their care. Yeah, and totally. so I, I know that, you know, I would say that the majority of the physicians that I know that are investing in real estate have done it really well are still practicing today and they're doing it, doing it well. And I think my father-in-law is a great example. I didn't even know he invested in real estate, but uh, I use him as a great example because, you know, he's still practicing to this day. I mean, I think with COVID, he's kind of backed off a little bit, but he's in his seventies. He's still very like, I mean, he, he's in great shape. He's mentally, he's great. And he's technically fantastic. Mm-hmm. He invested in real estate. He could have retired 20 years ago. Yeah. But to this day, he's like, I just do it because I, I love it. And, and I think for most people, I mean, especially when you, you know, have that kind of ambition and the energy, you need something like yeah. if you retire from medicine, you better have something else to retire to. But maybe that's real estate investing or something, but like people need to, to kind of have those passions and, and pursue those things. Otherwise you, you know, you, you just kind of waste away. And so I, yeah. I would say that the majority, vast majority of physicians who would be able to achieve financial freedom through real estate, through all these things yeah. will continue to practice for, for hopefully a long time and find a sustainable way to do that. Yeah. And you know, the one thing that you had said when I asked, you know, how many of those people have, do you think you've converted over into actually investing in real estate? And you said hundreds, you know, when I hear that number, it's just like with us and what we do, I think about all of those lives, just like you said, that are impacted positively from their, you know, their family circle, their colleagues, their patients. I mean, that yeah. to me, we have investors who are docs. And, you know, one of them told me I, when he told me why, I asked him, why are you doing this? Why are you looking to get passive income? And he said, well, one of the things I'd love to do is to be able to volunteer on Saturdays again and, you know, be able to, to do that kind of work so I don't have the financial pressures, just like you said. And so when I think about the impact that we're able to have by giving him this kind of an opportunity to reach a group of people that we otherwise would have no ability to help. It's just mind blowing and amazing. So I love that you brought that up because I think it's really important for people to hear that perspective from somebody, you know, where, where you're at. We'll get back to our conversation with Peter in just a minute. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate, but aren't sure you have the time or the desire to manage the investment? Perhaps you're afraid, like we were, that you'll make the mistake of choosing the wrong market or the wrong team and lose your entire investment. 
Well, that's exactly why we created the Good Egg Investor Club. We do the work of identifying solid real estate investment opportunities in the best markets around the country and then partner with you to acquire these investments and then we'll all share in the returns. We'll identify the growing markets, strong, experienced teams, and the solid deals. We do all the heavy lifting of managing the tenants and the renovations, and as a passive partner, you get to enjoy all the benefits of investing in real estate, monthly cash flow, long-term appreciation, and the ongoing tax benefits. When we first discovered passive investing through real estate syndications, we realized it fit perfectly into our busy lives. We could put our money to work for our families, work less, and get more time back in our days so that we could focus on what matters most and discover our true passion and purpose in life. We've now helped hundreds of people invest passively in real estate syndications and are seeing the positive impact it's had on their lives. We invite you to partner with us by joining the Good Egg Investor Club today so you can start putting your money to work for you and get more time back in your day because we know that when people have more time in their days, they can do the true work they were intended to do and the world will be a better place. To sign up for the Good Egg Investor Club, go to goodegginvestments.com slash invest and we'll take it from there. That's goodegginvestments.com slash invest. And now... Back to our chat with Peter King. I do want to transition a little bit because I want to learn more about Passive Income MD, how you grew it, your Facebook group, 11,000 people. Oh my goodness. I can't even imagine um, having a Facebook group with that's so big. Um, tell us more about that. Tell us more about Passive Income MD, how you grew it. Tell us about what you do there, um, what you offer, and I don't know how you got it from where it was. I know you did a, an event recently. Um, it was a virtual event, right? Yeah, it's funny how you just learn to pivot during these times. I mean, when I first started it, like I said, it was on encouragement of a couple friends. I bought the domain name and I knew I wanted that name because I was just focused, so hyper-focused on passive income. Uh And I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be specifically for physicians because I felt there was nothing like that out there in terms of people addressing. There's a lot of real estate. Of course, there's a lot of real estate blogs, a lot of this kind of thing, but nothing was focused specifically on physicians and the situation we're in. And I sat on that domain name for one year. For one year, it was just noodling around in my head. And I was like, and I was telling myself, I can't do it. I can't write. Nobody's going to listen to me. Why would I do this? This is so, you know, this kind of thing. And I had so many reasons why not to do it until I finally said, all right, I'm just going to try and I'm going to write 10 10 posts. And if I can write 10 posts, Mm -hmm. then I will just put it out there and get it started. And I did it. I wrote 10 posts. I took about two weeks. I did it really fast. Uh Uh 10 posts. And I put it out there. And then like you said, that there's like that one post that you had that kind of hit and yeah. went off. For uh-huh. me, that one post was, it was called why many doctors live paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. And I remember being in a situation because there are a lot of physicians. It's surprising. We make good incomes, but it's like when I actually started looking into it, you live in a high cost of living area and you know, you have a, a more, a decent size house, a mortgage, you have your kids in school, you have a car, you know, you're paying yeah. off your student loan debt. And you're doing these things and all of a sudden you realize, wow, there's really nothing at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And you find that, hey, there's so many physicians like that, especially in high cost of living areas that right. are, are just paycheck to paycheck. Anyways, I wrote that article. It got out there. Some nationally syndicated thing somehow crashed my website. I had no idea what was going on. Oh my gosh. And, and it just grew <laughs> from there. And all of a sudden I said, maybe I have something here. And so people started, <laughs> people started writing to me. But the funny thing was I did it totally anonymously because uh-huh. I was scared. 
I didn't know what my colleagues would think. I didn't, first of all, again, I just did it totally anonymously, put it out there and I just started writing every once in a while, every week I started putting out one post or something like that. And it just started to grow and grow and grow. And people started asking me questions. People were starting to write in and it was a little scary because they were asking me some personal questions to like a totally anonymous person, email this. And I'm like, man, this is crazy. The need is there. Eventually I decided, all right, I kind of longed for, I mean, part of the reason I did this was that I really wanted to help people and serve people. And I really like talking to people face to face and, Mm -hmm. you know, this kind of thing and building relationships but I wasn't able to do that behind like an anonymous wall. Right. And so I finally, I remember deciding to kind of come out of the closet. Like I stepped out <laughs> and I remember that day, it was like really scary. I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to announce myself on my blog and I don't know what's going to happen. My colleagues and work and I like all this build up and I remember I couldn't sleep and I was like, am I doing the right thing? And I put it out there and just nothing. Like, like nobody said anything. <laughs> nobody cared. Like, I was like, okay, either people don't care or no, it's not reaching anybody. But I was like, ah, oh, should have done this a long time ago. And if anything, it opened up a lot of doors for me. It opened up, mm-hmm. you know, the chance for me to go speak places. Mm-hmm. It opened up the chance for me to really connect to people on a, on a more personal level. Mm-hmm. And it just started to grow from there. And, you know, as a need occurred, people just asked me the same question over and over again. And one of the biggest mm-hmm. things that people would ask me is, look, I know that you're investing in, you know, passive real estate or private real estate, like syndications, real estate funds and things like that. But where can I learn about investing in these type of things? So I try Mm -hmm. to send them to a book or online to certain blogs and forums. And, you know, your podcast wasn't around then, your resources wasn't around then. (laughs) And so otherwise I send people there, but it wasn't there. And so I was like, all right, well, you know, would it help if I put it to, you know, a couple of videos together or something like that? And so okay. we were like, yeah, do that. And eventually that blossomed into a course and that okay. became a course. And then people were like, Hey, we want to get together and talk about it. Let's do some meetups. So <laughs> it's funny. So people were self setting up their own meetups, like under the, the passive income MD kind of like banner, they're like we're setting up a passive income MD thing. And I'm like, oh we're setting, they're like, we're setting up one in Dallas, you know, in yeah. a couple of weeks, you have to come. Uh-huh. I'm like, Oh crap, I have to come now. I told, I told my wife, I was like, they're setting up a meetup in Dallas, like 25, 30 ducks. Like, I got to be there. So yeah. I remember just, I flew in in the morning and I, I flew out that evening. Mm-hmm. I remember it was just like mm-hmm. a literally a one in. And, and so people started meeting up and I was like, okay, I think we need a conference on this. And I remember I, I have a coach, Trevor McGregor, and you guys know him. It probably has been mentioned mm-hmm. on here before. And I remember thinking, yeah, I'd love to put together a conference. How about, um, in about 15 months, um, you know, I'll put together a conference. And, 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 <laughs> yeah, I, think I, I think that would give me enough time to get this thing together. And he's like, how about three months? And uh-huh. I was like, that, know, sounds, I said, that sounds about yeah. right. I was, like, I, was like, I, was like, I was like, 15 months. He's like, how about, how about three months? And I was like, okay, let me try it. And it was just a crazy three months, but we put it together. We had hundreds of physicians flying all over the country for a one day conference here in LA. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was just an amazing event. We had so many people there. I've heard so many stories of people that kind of launching their real estate investing careers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we put that event together. We'll have it again this year, but it'll be virtual. Mm -hmm. But it's just funny how you just kind of start the ball rolling. And as you hear what people need, like you just want to give it to them. And so Mm -hmm. that's really how this thing has gone. I can't say that I've been super intentional. Like when I started the blog, I had no idea that I'd build a course 
a podcast, yeah. a conference yeah. that I ever be talking to, you know, to you women. I, I, I just never would have known that, but it's just kind of, you get started and all these things started happening. And so it, it's just been a fun journey. Yes. We have a Facebook group that we started as well mm-hmm. too, that I was part of another Facebook group, but they weren't really talking about real estate. So I'm like, mm-hmm. let me just see what happens. We talk about real estate and it just kept growing. And it just means that the need is there. Right. And as you know, people yeah. need those avenues and you know, when you can provide that, it, it just feels good at the end of the day. So I'm curious at this event um, where, you know, there's hundreds of physicians, you had a bunch of people speak. I'm sure people talked about, docs must have talked about how they're able to juggle. You mentioned time is like a big thing that they struggle with, right? They're saying, I don't have enough time. So if a, there's a physician out there who's listening to this podcast and say, they're in that same mindset, I don't have the time, Peter, this all sounds great, but I don't have the time. How, what were like the top takeaways from that event and that's the stories of the physicians and how they were able to trans, make the transition? How did they start? Was it, you know, cutting back hours at work? Was it, you know, just working super overtime, like lunches and weekends and sacrificing time with kids? Like what was the way that you saw that people were first getting into it? I mean, I think that when I talk to, yes, I had a lot of stories. I had a lot of physicians on the panels and most of the speakers, the majority of them were physicians okay. and they were, they're not in specialties where you, they're like lifestyle specialties necessarily. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. some of them were like surgeons that were working, you know, a, a good amount of time. Uh, yes, they were like, you know, radio, radiation oncologists that, that work and grind. So these are not necessarily these, you know, lifestyle specialties and they were telling about how they started doing it and they were still working full time. They have families. And so they said they were trying to start, they started to fit it in within some of the cracks that they had in, in their time. Um, one of the greatest ways to do it is like now that we have, you know, access to all these resources and media and that sort of thing. It started with like listening to podcasts in the car or listening mm-hmm. to audiobooks in the car. So mm-hmm. they would find time where it wouldn't really, you know, it wasn't any additional time, you know, yeah. um, some people mm-hmm. call it no extra time or net time. And so they would start that way, right? Or maybe between cases, they would look at some blog posts or, or read some books. And that's kind of how they got started. And the funny thing is once you get started and the hunger starts to build, yep. mm-hmm. then you start to find other time. And maybe you're like, <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe, tonight, maybe tonight I'm not going to binge on Netflix. I'm not going to do that yeah. tonight. And maybe I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to read a little bit here or there. And so they would yeah. find time. And as that hunger grows, you'll find that time. I mean, yeah. like there, there's no doubt to me that everyone has at least some time to yeah. dedicate this. And if it's important enough, yeah. then, <clears throat> then they will find the time. And yeah. so- for physicians, I, I've, <laughs> yeah, I, I never judge like how they use their time. So I never tell them like, hey, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that. Right. I just say at some point, you've got to set your priorities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if your priority is that, hey, you want to build this kind of life of control for yourself, for your family, like mm-hmm. just like a lot of people, they'll find time to go to the gym, which is great. And they should because right. they got to take yeah. care of themselves before they take mm-hmm. care of others. And this is kind of the same thing. I think you have to find a way to do this to take care of yourself and your family so you can actually go out there and serve other people at the end of the day. Because mm-hmm. like if you are just not good in shape financially, health-wise, all these things, you're not going to really be able to make that impact for other people and take care yeah. of your family and that sort of thing. So I consider yeah. this part of it. And so that's kind of where I start. And I kind of talk to people about that. And let's be honest, people find the time. I've seen people yeah. who have said, I don't have time. Now go out and buy, you know, multifamily property all within three months, six months, whatever it is, right? Next thing you know, they're like, I'm like, well, you just bought a 28 unit building. I was like, you said you had no time, you know? (laughs) And and next thing you know, he's he's able to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, or they're like, Hey, I'm able to kind of like go to these real estate investor meetings. All of a sudden I found a set, like, you know, a real estate investor meeting came up on Saturday and I got to carve off a couple hours. I'm like, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so 
you'll see. I think it's just people, um, once they get into it and find that hunger, find that why, find the reason mm-hmm. they want to do it, they'll find time for it. Yeah, definitely, the, for sure. The physicians that you're talking to, I know you, earlier in the conversation you mentioned um, passive investing and syndications and private investments. Do you find that that's the best fit for physicians or are the physicians you're talking about doing all sorts of different things? And what are you personally investing in? Well, personally, I, I'm doing some of both. I'm, I'm actively investing as well as what quote, quote unquote passively investing. I, I own my own properties as well. Um, in a few different states, I own some multifamily properties, but I also invest quite a bit with other people and I enjoy both. And I think it's, uh, for me, I, I like having both in my portfolio. Mm-hmm. Now, when I talk to a lot of docs and I poll a lot of physicians, especially in these groups, it usually splits off that 25% are interested in owning their own properties. And I find that about 75% of them are not interested in being a landlord at all. Mm-hmm. And I find that to kind of be the numbers. And the reason why is that a lot of physicians, they say, I already have a job. <laughs> I already have a job and I already have that time. And right. so what I want, want to do is like, I want to take the money that I make because again, I can, I have my expertise, I have my lane. So I want to yeah. do that to the best of my abilities. And it yeah. honestly spits off a good amount of income. Mm-hmm. So what I want to do with that income is I want to find ways for that to work for me on the side while I sleep, while I spend time with my family, while I do these things, because I want it to ultimately free up my time, not really spend more time in it. And so I think that's the way a lot of physicians kind of are thinking when it comes to that and instead of being their own landlord. Mm-hmm. And I, I understand that and I do both of it. And so, you know, I talk about, I just say it's, it's a matter of leverage. Like if leverage is that important mm-hmm. to you, meaning are, do you really want to leverage someone else's expertise? Do you mm-hmm. want to leverage someone else's time? Do you want to leverage even their financial you know, standing? Do you want to leverage, you know, their experience and their network and their team and their connections? Like, is that really, if that's important to you, while you want to spend time with your family, then, then you should really be thinking about the passive route. But mm-hmm. for some people, they have that innate, like, I want to run my own business. And that's cool yeah. too. Like, mm-hmm. I want because that's what it is at the end of the day. When you own your own properties, it's, I tell people, it's like running your own business. Yep. And that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And it does, for some people, really satisfy that uh, little entrepreneurial yeah. kind mm-hmm. of whatever, that, that hunger that they've had. And so I say, go for it. And they really enjoy the DIY aspect or they enjoy getting in there and learning every aspect of it. But mm-hmm. to be honest with you, I'd say the majority don't want to mm-hmm. do that. The whole mm-hmm. goal for them when they want to invest in real estate is that they want to free up their time. And mm-hmm. so uh, the best vehicle for a lot of them seems to be going the passive route through syndications and, and funds. If somebody's listening, they're, they're, a physician's listening, they're thinking, okay, I want to get into this, or even a, not, not physician, but just anyone out there who's thinking, okay, I want to get into passive investing. I want to do syndications. I want to leverage that knowledge and all of that stuff. How are you vetting your, your sponsor partners? Like what is the you know, top three process things that, or top three things that you look for when you're looking at, hey, this is a partner I may or may not want to work with. Yeah. When I, when I look at any deal, I tell people it's very simple in terms of how I kind of structure it. There are three things that I'm basically looking for. I mean, obviously I'm looking at the sponsor, number one, or the sponsor, mm-hmm. the operator, whoever's running the deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking at if it's a single property, I'm looking at the property itself. And then I'm just looking at the market overall. And if I can, I have like a kind of a checklist of things I'm looking for when, okay. when I do that. And of course, first and foremost, it's who are you investing in? Because yeah. that's what matters. I'm sure you've talked about it at length. I know you've talked about it at length on your podcast when I listen <laughs> to it. And it's like, who are you investing in? Because that really changes how that deal will go. I mean, when you buy the property, everything that happens after that point, it's about who you're investing in. Yeah. And so 
Um, I spent a lot of time doing that. Obviously, look at track records. You know, I get to know them. I talk to them. I talk to references. You know, I, I look into, you know, their past performance and I really dig into it. How have they done with these properties? You know, what mistakes have they made? And if they're being forthcoming about it and what have they learned from that situation? I spend so much of my time, I'll say the majority yeah. of my time really focusing on who am I investing in? Yeah. And after that, only, only after that, I get through that point, then will I actually move on to actually look at the other things. And yeah. in terms of the other numbers, in terms of the market, I mean, in terms of the property itself, the market and that sort of thing. And I mm -hmm. tell, I think a lot of physicians when they go on some of these sites and that sort of thing, the first thing they look at are the numbers. That's mm -hmm. like the very first thing they focus on. Like, yep. all right, this one is going to promise me a return of 24%. And this one is you know, 15%. So, uh, you know, I'd rather go 24%. Right. Because, because even if they, even if they fall <laughs> off the mark a little bit, right. Even if they do, you know, 25% worse than they said, and that's uh -huh. still better than uh -huh. the 15%, even if they did what they said. And I'm like, that's not how, I mean, yeah. fortunately, I mean, I, I've, you know, I have to say I've done that myself. Mm -hmm. And so I picked it by, you know, the highest returns, but only after a little bit, you know, after a lot of trial and error, do you learn that to say like, look, it's, it's not just about what they're projecting. It's like, can you actually perform and can you actually yeah. get there and mm -hmm. who's being conservative and who's mm -hmm. not? And that right. sort of thing. And this takes, it takes a lot of time. Yeah. And that's why it's nice to have resources like you are, you know, whatever it is to like, you know, hopefully just accelerate that pathway for people. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's been a big thing for me is that's why I go to these conferences and I pay for these things and mm -hmm. I pay for mentorship and I pay mm -hmm. for all these things because I've realized that my time is valuable too. Like mm -hmm. when I tell people, the same people say, hey, my time's super valuable. And they're like, well, I read this book, this book, this book, and I spend one to two hours every night looking at all the forums and reading books and they're doing this and trying to figure out this and this. And I'm like, you told me your time was super valuable. I'm like, here's a resource for you. Here's an opportunity for somebody like, I, I recommend this for you because like, you can get all that streamline in like, yep. you know, super streamline for you. And, and if your time is that valuable, like yep. that's the thing you can't get back. You can always make that money easily and you'll mm -hmm. make that money back over that yeah. time. But yeah. that's what you should be doing. And I tell physicians that all the time because I, I don't know, it's like one conversation, one nugget, like can be super valuable for people. Oh, and yeah. so anyways, that, that's kind of my, my whole thinking. When I look at a deal, that's what I'm looking at basically in basic. Great advice um, is what, you know, Annie and I preach all the time. And, you know, you want to look at, you know, you want to be conservative when you go into the deals. If I see a deal that's telling me I'm going to get a 24% return, I actually run the other way, <laughs> especially in this market where we're at right now, because that is really aggressive with everything we have going on. Um, and now, you know, a lot of it has to do with track record too, you know, and, and how many times have they been able to do that? But, you know, doing it that way is like, you know, driving forward and looking in your rear view mirror, trying to make sure you're going the right way and that you're going to mm -hmm. go the direction you're going, you know, you thought you were going to go. So that, that's not a good idea either. But, you know, making sure you know who you work with, I think is one of the key things that has allowed us to personally thrive. And, and also within our business as well is when we look at our partnerships, we're always looking at, you know, who are we working with? Not like deal specifics. It's, it starts first with who are we working with? And then it goes down mm -hmm. to deal specifics from there. So I love that. Great advice. Well, Peter, there's so much more that I would love to ask you. We have to do a second episode because there's so much more I'd love to talk to you about. But let's move into the investing for good impact round. Um, we're going to ask you a couple of questions around investing for good. So the first question is uh, investing in yourself. So what is one way that your investments are helping to make your life a little bit sweeter, a little bit better? For me personally, 
my investments, especially the, the income that's, that's provided from the income from the investments, it's allowed me to free up my time. And one of the biggest things for me personally is I, I, I've been super focused on health recently because I've realized yeah. that, again, without your health, I mean, it doesn't matter what else, <laughs> yeah. like nothing else matters without your health. Yeah. And so one of the biggest things I was doing, I was working a lot of nights. I was working a lot of nights in my, and I love it, but I was working so many nights and it was actually causing a lot of, of health issues for me. Mm. And so by being able to invest and have that cash flow, I've been able to give up those nights as many nights as I can. And that's totally changed my health, the way I interact with my family, the energy I have on a daily basis. And that's one of the best things that's done for me. Yeah. That's the similarity amongst a lot of our guests that come on the show is, is um, that flexibility to, you know, design your life the way that, that you want it to be in a way that, that really works for you. So I love that. Okay. Second question um, is investing in others. So what is one investment strategy or investment hack or tip that you might be able to share with the audience that'll help them catapult their investing journey? That's a good one. I should have probably spent a little more time thinking about this one. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, one of the biggest hacks that I, I tell people that has changed my thing is, uh, and I talked about it before, it is finding a community. And that's, I yeah. just can't stress that enough. Yep. And I tell people, there's so many people that are trying to do this on their own, like on their mm-hmm. own island. And I said that that's not what, first of all, as humans, that's not what we're made to do. We're meant to yeah. find communities and, and thrive in them. But the whole concept of you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with, you've heard yeah. that so much as a cliche, mm-hmm. but I think it's so, so true. true. And and it's changed my path in terms of my investing career, life path, everything. So that's like one of the biggest hacks or it's not even a hack. I'd say, look, yeah. one of the first things everyone should look for is a community of other people, like-minded people to help yep. push you, to mm-hmm. encourage you, to learn from to provide value to all those things. And so um, I would say, look for that. Yeah. And it's so funny, you know, when I first got into this, there's so many people that are very close to you and you go and tell them all that you're doing and how you're so excited. And they'll actually say, Oh, that sounds really risky. I retire in five years. No, people don't do that. You're good luck with that. Like all of this, you know, negative sort of um, energy Mm -hmm. around this exciting time for you. And so it's so true. That's what I did is I, you know, put those people over here. And then I went in this direction and here I am now. And those people, sadly, not all of them, but some of them are still doing a lot of the same things that they were doing before, struggling, trying to get to where, you know, a road that is 20, 30 years down the road. So I love that. I think that's so important. It's part of the reason why Annie and I have do everything we do, why we created the podcast, why we have Good Egg. It is just so important to us to create that community and give people a place to learn and spend time with other people who are doing what they what they want to do. So um, love that. Great advice. Okay. Last question is investing in the world. So what is one way that you're um, doing right now to sort of make the world a better place with your investments or otherwise? Yeah. I think I mentioned it earlier, but I think that that by giving all these physicians, like I think there, there's some hope there and yeah. actually getting them to a place where they're kind of um, financially free. And I've have seen a lot of physicians actually get to that point now. Yeah. Um, wow. uh, I've seen them totally change their outlook on medicine and they continue to serve. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so for, like we mentioned, I think that when you have a happy, healthy physician, it, mm-hmm. uh, it contributes to the society in terms of the, the way you take care of your patients um, you know, the good in the world. And so, like you said, you had that physician who wanted to go out and do volunteer work and mission work. And there are physicians that are able to do that, free up their time to do these type of things. And so I think that's one way that I'm scaling my impact is by really pouring into these people who are pouring into, you know, their patients and the world and that sort of thing. And so that's like, truly for me, I feel like I'm educating and investing for good in that way. 
Oh, love that. <laughs> a happy, so healthy good. physician. That's who I no, want to see the next time yep, I need to that's see a right. doctor. Uh, well, Peter, for all the physicians or all the people who might have um, listened to this episode and really resonated with your story, what is the best place that they can go to learn more and to connect with you and all that you're doing? All right, great. Yeah, the central hub for all this stuff is my website, Passive Income MD. Dot com. I also have a podcast as well, but that's a great place for people to get started and they can reach out to me anytime through that. Awesome. Well, Peter Kim, founder of Passive Income MD, thank you so much for sharing your story and your wisdom with us today, Peter. Hey, thanks so much. That was a lot of fun. You've been listening to Investing for Good, the number one podcast for people like you who are investing to build a legacy for their families, create a meaningful and intentional life by design and impact the world around them. For more resources, check out goodegginvestments.com slash podcast and be sure to join the Investing for Good Facebook community. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you amazing new conversations every week. Until next time, keep investing for good.